Across the city and South Cambridgeshire. Cambridge 105 Radio. Hello and welcome to this week's From the Pavilion podcast. Thank you very much for downloading and listening in. Ollie Slack and Nathan Johns delivering it for you. Evening, Nathan. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, Ollie. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Yeah, I've just seen on uh, the BBC Sport website that uh, your boys are welcoming the Proteus to uh, to Dublin in a, a series of, what, one-day international matches and then a, a few T20s as well. Looking forward to it? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I mean, South Africa have been playing a lot more cricket, I think, than Ireland <laughs> have recently. Um, so we'd always be underdogs anyway, but I think the fact that they've played a lot more cricket recently probably means it's... You know, it's going to be very similar to the England series last year, the three-match ODI series we had, where, uh, where you know, any positive result in that series will be a major, major boost. Looking at the ground, it says it's being played at the Village in Dublin. Yeah, it's Malahide, so it's the Village ground oh, okay. at Mount Malahide. It's, uh, it's generally that has become over the last couple of years um, Ireland's home ground. England played there a few times. I've watched, I watched Owen Morgan whack a ton there a few years ago. Actually, <laughs> yeah, no, nice ground. Um, there are some spectators, but very limited. I think it's only a couple of hundred. So um, normally, they, it's 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 just a club ground that they put up some temporary stands for normally. I was going to say, is it all temporary stands? Yeah, temporary stands normally. I think the max they can get in there, which they did when England came over, was 10,000. So that was quite a good number. Mm. Um, but obviously, it's going to be nowhere near that, that amount. And I doubt they'll be putting up stands, considering there's only going to be a few hundred people in with all the all the regs, etc. I see. The regs are a bit stricter over in Ireland at the minute than they are here. So mm. it's easy. So, what is it? July July nineteenth over here. We've got full stadiums. It definitely won't be that for, for this series. Definitely won't be that. Mm. And of course, you're in the T20 World Cup later this year. Prediction? Oh. Come on already. Let's, let's make a prediction now. Make a prediction. A prediction now. Yeah. And we'll revisit it in. Uh, when is it? When is the World Cup this year? I think it's it's October November. There you go. October so November. A few months, but I want a prediction. How do you reckon Ireland will do? Well, I've just spent quite a bit of time trying to figure out what the actual format of the tournament is, but I think I'm right in saying that we're in one of those preliminary groups for the lower-ranked teams, uh-huh. and we're with Papua New Guinea, Sri Lanka, and Oman, and I'm pretty sure that two teams go through from that. Um, and I think out of we're definitely the second-best side out of that group of four, so we should be pretty strong favourites to go through. And you know, you never know. Game of T20 against Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've pulled off some shock results in the past. I don't think one of them has been against Sri Lanka at a major tournament, so we might as well knock them off the list. So I think, yeah, we will go through into the into the further stage and play against the, the slightly bigger teams, the, the England and Indians of the world. And I think anything after that is probably a bit of a bonus, to be honest. Okay. So you're not saying you're going to win it? No, I'm definitely not saying you're going to win it. <laughs> we can only, well, you can only dream, eh? You can only hope. We can. Yeah, but it'll be cool. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing how we get on this series against South Africa and, you know, which guys get selected because there's a few guys in my club who are in and around that squad so it'd be really cool really to, in your yeah, club yeah 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 yeah. Uh, YMCA at home there's three I'm pretty sure there's three in the ODI squad for South Africa Harry Tector Simi have you, Singh have you had like a net with them yeah 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 I went to school with one of them one, of them, one of them was two years below me in school so you played um, against them uh, with and against did you dispatch him for six no god no he's much, much better <laughs> than me um, so yeah so I know I know some of these guys reasonably well uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing first of all seeing how they get on against South Africa and then Hopefully, seeing them be selected for this World T20. It's always fun to watch those guys on Sky Sports when they get the chance. What are their names? We can look out for them. So Harry Tector is the one I went to school with. Um, he batted four in the England Rings ODI series. Yeah, he was he was the young kid who made his debut, um, the ODI debut against England last summer. Curtis Camfer, he was the he was the all rounder yeah, yeah. who scored all those runs, um, and then Simi Singh as well. He's he, he's the other one. So how quick is that? Because that what's his name, Cameron? Curtis Camfer. Kurt, yeah, that one. Yeah, <laughs> how quick is he? Uh, well, he, he did. He, look, well. he looked good, didn't he, against England last summer? Well, yeah. Well, he's Jason Roy is his bunny because he played for South Africa in the Under Nineteen World Cup a few years ago, the same age group as Jason Roy, and he got him out 
there and then he got him out a couple of times in the ODI series playing for Ireland last summer so Jason Roy's is bunny but he scored loads of runs as well I think he got two fifties in that series um, has so, he ever got you out uh, I've never actually faced him in the nets yet I've been here yeah. sadly I, I, sadly, since he's since he's come over I've been stuck here with you know COVID and not, I haven't been able to go so over Jason Roy's got out to him more times than you have exactly Jason Roy's <laughs> faced him more times than I have but yes doesn't matter exactly doesn't matter. We, we, can, we can go with that yeah from the pavilion on Cambridge 105 radio Hello, hello, good evening and welcome to another From the Pavilion here on Cambridge 105 Radio, the local cricket show where we run up all of the action from around the county. My name's Ollie Slack, alongside me is Nathan Johns. This week's special guest is Cambridgeshire's Wayne White, he'll be joining us on the line later on in the show. We'll also be hearing from Ed Hyde, Cambridge University's wicketkeeper, as the Light Blues face Oxford in the three-day fixture this week. Gets underway tomorrow, which is Wednesday. We'll keep up to date with the local action in the East Anglian Premier League, how our local stars are getting on in that. The Camden London's Premier League's two. We'll also continue round one of the FTP Quiz Cup, and Wayne will be asking us his big question too. If you want to contribute to the show, then you can do. Feel free at FTP Cricket 105 on Twitter and Facebook. Once again, thanks very much for tuning in. And also, if you're listening on the podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and also the Cambridge 105 radio website. We're also back live in the studio this week, so you can get in touch all the normal ways. 07919 070490, the number to text. That's 07919 070490. You can email studio at cambridge105.co.uk as well. So welcome along to the programme. As I said, joining me, Nathan Johns. Evening, Nathan. Evening, Ollie. How are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad at all. It's a chaotic 24 hours of the old ECB, isn't it? Yeah, you can say that again. Yeah. Uh, it's, oh, I can't wrap my head around it. I mean, we mentioned, we were talking about this earlier, you know, the difference between sports, I guess, when, when this happened in the football. wasn't It was interesting how only a few England players had to, had to isolate, whereas this time the entire squad is, seems to be in trouble. I'm not sure if anything different has happened or if there are different mm. rules between different sports. Not really sure what's going on there, but it's it's definitely chaotic. And, and look, it gives quite a lot of guys a, a huge opportunity to get caps now, doesn't it? Yeah, it certainly does. Yeah, it's a it's an odd one when you look at the differences in, in sport. But there was a statement released by the ECB this morning following PCR test administered yesterday, which was Monday in Bristol. The England World's Cricket Board can confirm that seven members, three players and four management team members of the England Men's ODI Party have tested positive for COVID-19 in collaboration with Public Health England, Public Health Wales and Bristol Local Health Authority. Those impacted will now observe a period of self-isolation from July the 4th following the UK government's protocol on quarantine. The remaining members of the party have also been deemed close contacts and will also isolate. So that means, as Nathan said, a number of caps have been awarded new caps as well for some some debutants in there some returning faces to england's new odi squad which will take on pakistan ben stokes will skip of the team and the rest is as follows jake ball of nottinghamshire danny briggs of warwickshire bryden cast of durham zach crawley of course we all know him ben duckett lewis gregory of somerset tom helm of middlesex will jacks of surrey essex's dan lawrence saki mahmood David Malan, Craig Overton, Matt Parkinson, David Payne of Gloucestershire, Sussex Phil Salt, John Simpson of Middlesex, and finally James Vince 
of Hampshire. Yeah, it's, it's an odd one to get your head around when you look at someone like Billy Gilmore for Scotland, who tested positive, didn't he? And, and um, he was having a, what I say, quick chat. I'm not sure how quick it was, clearly, but with uh, Ben Chilwell and uh, Mason Mount after the England-Scotland game the other day, and, and those two had to, to self-isolate. But none of the other England players did, nor none of the Scotland players as well, which was an odd one. Um, because you'd say three positive tests for players and clearly then 30 negative tests for those players in the England squad, but they're all having to, to self-isolate as well. I do feel sorry for some of those lads brought into the squad, the likes of George Galton and Tom Banton, who came in just as cover, didn't get to play with their counties. You've got to sit and Not carry yet. the drinks, and now they're they're off for 10 days. It's a funny one, isn't it? It's really interesting because we, we heard when they went over to tour India and Sri Lanka, You know, we heard about how strict bubble life was and all the players were eating at different tables or or at least far away from each other to avoid this type of thing. So it seems like that type of practice has gone out the window now that they've come home. The the bubble life seems to be a little bit, it must be a, a much more lax now if, if everybody is a close contact. Yeah, there was also a, a quote from Tom Harrison, chief exec of the ECB as well, who said, we've been mindful that the emergence of the Delta variant, along with our move away from the stringent enforcement of biosecure environments, so it sort of goes on to what you were saying, Nathan, they have sort of moved away from that since... Uh, playing the cricket back in, in this country this summer. That could increase the chances of an outbreak. We made a strategic choice to try and adopt pro- adapt protocols sorry, in order to support the overall well-being of our players and management staff who have spent much of the last 14 months living in very restricted conditions. Overnight, we have worked swiftly to identify a new squad and we are grateful to Ben Stokes who returned to England duties as captain. So that situation with England, yeah, strange one, unprecedented, all the usual stuff you could... Uh, you could label the situation, but uh, England will take on Pakistan this week with a completely new ODI squad. The matches are going ahead, which is uh, is good to hear, at least. Should we crack on with the quiz? Yeah, let's do it. Let's crack on with the quiz then, because we've got three more ties of round one to go in the FTP Quiz Cup. Last week, City of Ely's Tom Beaumont made it through to the quarterfinals, and now it's time for two more local teams to go head-to-head. Ramsey's Elliot Kafaki and Islam's Tim Action joins me on the line now. Great to have you on, Tim. Uh, how's the season been going for yourself so far? Um, not too bad. Uh, we've uh, well, in the I, I play in the seconds. We've we've uh, we've only had two matches, but we have won we have won them both. <laughs> good, good. Everything's been rained off or or, or cancelled. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, a lot a lot of games have been been rained off. It would be nice, wouldn't it, to have so to have some sun at some point, wouldn't it? It would a, a nice bit of cricket weather. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and of course, Isom went to the spotlight last year, didn't you, for all your fantastic work off the field in, in lockdown. Have you been continuing that over the, the last few weeks and months? It's still going on. Um, the, the the volunteers, the cricket club volunteers group still exists. Um, obviously, we have there's far less call now, but uh, various things that were set up. Uh, we had a, a community pantry um, set up in the village through the volunteers group, and that's still uh, very much used. Um, and and, and, other, and other, other help is still given. Great to hear. It is fantastic to hear. We're just going to see if we can uh, get Elliot back because he seems to have dropped off the line. But yeah, some of the work that Isom did last year in the in the community was really was fantastic, to be honest. goes to show how important sports clubs were throughout the, the whole pandemic and over the last 12 months. And, and I say Isom really played a part in that as well we are struggling to get Elliot on the on the line unfortunately so uh, what we'll do we'll see if we can get him back in just a bit Tim's alright we leave it for now and come back to you in a, in just a little bit is that all okay with you Tim, I get the, uh, is, this is like a rained off victory <laughs> not quite yet could, p- could possibly be that way but not yet 
we'll, we'll leave it there for now, Tim. We'll hopefully get Elliot back and uh, and uh, we can crack on with the quiz in just a bit. But we'll move on because this week the uh, the three day varsity, we say four day, because it was originally four day, but Cambridge take on Oxford in the 176 varsity match on Wednesday, which is tomorrow at Teddington Cricket Club. Now, this year, it was the Dark Blues' turn to host at the Parks, which is actually just northeast of Oxford City Centre. But due to a concern in the rising number of COVID cases, it has been moved to Teddington Cricket Club in Richmond, southwest London, that is. Now, the players have made their way down this afternoon, and I caught up with wicketkeeper Ed Hyde earlier on, just as he arrived in London. I'm uh, currently in Teddington. Um, I've come down this evening, the night before the match. Um, we're staying in a hotel. Um, near the ground. So, yeah, we've got a three-day fasting match coming up Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week. Um, as you said, it's been moved from Oxford due to the spike in COVID cases amongst students. Have you played in at Teddington before? Is it a, a new ground for you? Yeah, I've played there before for, for Cambridge um, and most of the guys in the team have. We play, we play them in a sort of early season fixture every year. Uh, it alternates between Cambridge and Teddington. But, yeah, we've, we've played there before. It's... Uh, it's a lovely place to play. They've got a new new pavilion, uh, which is great. So we'll be able to, to watch the football, hopefully, um, after the game and, and have a have a few beers, maybe. But yeah, it's a good, good pitch. It's in the middle of a park. And yeah, they're a Middlesex Premier League club. So it's, the, the facilities are pretty good. Yeah, it should be pretty good then. At least you've got your priorities sorted and you can watch England on, on Wednesday <laughs> night then. Uh, just before we actually get on to the match, though, has this disrupted your preparations, your planning at all? Um... I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so. We, initially, it was a four-day match um, in Oxford, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week. But no, I, I wouldn't say it has has changed too much. We managed to squeeze in one extra training session, so that's been the only change to the schedule, really. So, with regards to the varsities, this year we've had the the T20s. Oxford won that. Yourself won the fifty-over match at Lords. But you've told me before this is the biggie. Just tell people why the the three-day varsity or four-day varsity is is the one you want to win. I think you know historically it's uh, historically the varsity match was always was uh, was a multi-day match, so there's that sort of sense of history and tradition behind this particular fixture. Oxford Oxford regard this as their main fixture. Uh, for instance, they only award a, a blue for the for the four day for the four day match. They don't award a blue for the one day match. And I think once you play in it, you realise that sort of multi-day cricket is a real is a real challenge and a real test. And it's the sort of pinnacle of cricket, really. They say that about Test cricket, that it's the pinnacle of cricket because it's the the hardest format to play. Um, so I think it's a combination of those of those reasons make it a really special special fixture to be a part of and one that we uh, we take really seriously. And I suppose for you guys who are so used to playing limited overs cricket, one day cricket, this is a a real challenge, not one you're unfamiliar to, but a challenge nonetheless in having to get yourself. But whether it massaged or recovered for the next day and go again, it's a a, a gruelling few days. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, we pretty much played fifty over cricket for the for the for the whole season, um, and then to be chucked out in the field for potentially a day and a half and do one hundred and fifty overs can be um, can be a little daunting. But we have had two three day matches in the past couple of weeks against the Free Foresters and the MCC, so we've sort of got into the the swing of things with regards to multi-day cricket over the past two weeks, so it shouldn't it shouldn't be a shock when we get onto the pitch tomorrow and either have to try and bat for for a day or or field for a day. You had the T20 in the middle of May. You lost out the 50 ever match at the end of May. Having won that, allows do you feel you've got a bit more momentum, or does it all go out the window when it's the the big varsity fixture? 
Um, it's difficult to say. I definitely say winning that game at Lords probably, you know, it's probably given us a bit more more confidence and belief, um, just because we hadn't won that fixture for for a long time. So I think it'll be useful having that in our minds going into the match this week. But at the same time, a lot of time has passed since since that since that match, and both teams have have had other fixtures. So there's time for players to get in form and to uh, to get out of form as well. I don't think it affects it too much, but it probably does just sort of stick in the mind um, of a few players, I'd say. And uh, lastly, you had the edge over over the dark blues. Yourself, a crucial knock in the, the four-day fixture, 55 in the first innings as well, which set up a, a total of 307, which put you in command in the match. You went on to win by 249 runs. You had some happy memories last year. You'll be hoping for some similar this year. Absolutely. Last year was last year was um, a really good experience and a great victory, really. We had Peter Daniel who scored 100 in the second innings, and then our left-arm quick bowler, James Atali, got, got a tenfer, and uh, James is, is playing again this year. So, um, yeah, last year was really special, and um, we're really excited about the next few days, and hopefully we can... Uh, we can replicate last year. Potentially left a few scars from from last year that hopefully you'll be able to to open up this year again. Yeah, we'll be we'll be reminding a few of the Oxford batsmen who um, who cut out to James uh, last year about that for sure. So yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. And on the Teddington wicket, you've played it before. Have you had a chance to see it today? Do you know what it's going to be like? What it usually plays like? We haven't, haven't had a chance to see it today, actually. We'll probably go down tomorrow morning and have a look at it. Uh, but usually it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good cricket wicket, I think. It takes quite a bit of turn. So potentially days two and three, that's when the the spinners will come into their own. And there's, there's definitely something in the pitch for the quick bowlers as well. Just talk us through your, your preparation tonight, then get a good night's sleep and uh, get some nice food down here tomorrow morning. Yeah, I think um, we've... Assigned a social secretary for this week who's booked into a burger restaurant. So uh, a burger and a couple of uh, lemonades, I think. Lovely. Nothing too heavy for that stomach tomorrow morning. You don't want to be squatting down behind the stump so you keep your pads on and, and feeling that burger churn around your stomach. Ed, lastly then, lastly then, tell us what it means to play in, in a fixture as big as this. You've played in, in a few now over the years, I'd imagine. How excited, how nervous are you going to be when you, when you head off to sleep tonight? Yeah. I think it's, it's excitement, really. As I said before, it's the sort of um, that sense of history and an occasion that comes with playing the varsity match. Yeah, I'm just really fortunate to uh, to be a part of it, and can't wait because it's usually it's usually um, a really good few days. Ed, all the best. Cheers, Ollie. Thank you. And in the words of uh, many England supporters over the last few weeks, bring it home. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> Ed Hyde there talking to me earlier on this afternoon as he arrived in Teddington ahead of the fixture. Who's favourites then, Nathan? Come on. That was really tricky. Um, I think it's it's tough to tell because both sides have been playing multi-day cricket recently, but both sides have been playing different teams for these games as different players have had to isolate for very different reasons. So, you know, this is probably the first time both sides have had their, their first choice 11 or at least the 11 that they're going with. Um, available, so it's really tough to say. But I think, you know, from the Cambridge side of thing, uh, Aaron Amin, who was the hero at Lords with his uh, very impressive, I think it was ninety three not out. Um, he's now fit. He had broken his finger about a month ago playing club cricket, but he's back fit. So the hope there is that 
he can do some damage again. And then Harry Huion, who is, I think, down to bat number three, but we'll see. Um, he scored 100 in, in one of the warm-up games uh, against Free Foresters. So, you know, there are players there who are in Nick. And like like Ed said, there are guys there who have good 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 form and good history in this game, especially someone like James Atali, who, like we said, got that got that 10 for over the two innings last year. So, you know, there's enough varsity success and recent form there that, you know, hopefully Cambridge can get over the line. Yeah, hopefully so. How much will last year's victory for Cambridge back in September play a, a part? Will there be, as I said in the interview of Ed, will there be a number of bats, batsmen who've got out to James Vitale? There were quite a few. We'll still be a bit wary of, of him and, and likewise some bowlers who had success for for uh, for Cambridge or didn't for Oxford who will be thinking of that fixture last year. Cambridge winning by 249 runs. Potentially, yeah, but I think the nature of that fixture last year, it was just a, it was one of only two games uh it two varsity games that year that just were thrown together to to replace the ones that were cancelled because of covid so pe- players didn't have a full season leading into them and and like so pre- preparation was very disrupted then and equally it's been disrupted this time around as we mentioned with various people isolating etc so it's tough to see it's tough to read um how much this will this will affect players going into it because of just the unusual circumstances surrounding both games yeah, it's a it's a, an interesting interesting test, isn't it? A different test to what they're normally used to. But Cambridge have a, a better head to head record against Oxford in the fixture in the 175 matches they've played to date. But uh, Cambridge have the edge. They'll be looking to extend that when they get underway tomorrow, Wednesday, at uh, Teddington Cricket Club. So all the best to uh, those guys down there. Cambridge 105 Radio from the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. You're welcome back to From the Pavilion here on Cambridge 105 Radio. We're going to wrap up the local game now. And uh, in the East Anglian Premier League, Sauce and Abraham have now gone four games without a win after they were held to another nail-biting draw against Berlexing this week. Matthew Haig, 72, steered his side to 263 for seven before they declared. Then before, the Aussie took his first five foot for three years with the ball in the second innings. His efforts were not enough, though, for victory. Bernal Lexing ensured the local derby ended in a draw, finishing up on 208 for 8, thanks largely to Cameron Steele's unbeaten 97. Cambridge also drew at home to Sudbury as they ended up on 207 for 8. In pursuit of their visitors' first inning effort of 261 for 6, skipper Lewis Hill still leading the way with the ball, taking 4 for 52, while Daminda Ranawira scored another century in the chase, ending up on 105 from 162 balls. Saffron Walden to come to a four-wicket defeat in Mildenhall. Their total of 221 all-out successfully chased for the loss of six wickets. Nikhil Garantler with 94 and three foot with the ball in a losing effort there. So Sauston and Babraham's draw means they slip back into the battle for top spot. They now sit second, ten points behind Great Wichigan. Cambridge remain in sixth following their draw with Saffron Walden only a point behind them in seventh. As was the case last week, Burnley complete the trio of local sides hot on the heels of each other, sitting only three points further back in eighth position. So next week, Burnley host bottom of the table Copdock and Old Zitzwitchian. Saffron Walden welcome Cambridge, meaning there's another sort of local derby for us here at Cambridge 105 Radio, while Sauce and Abraham look to keep up the pressure on top spot with a trip to Frinton-on-Sea. 
Moving on to the Cams and Hunts Premier League now. Eaton Sokin's winning streak now stands at eight as they dismantled Foxton at home. The visitors were bowled out for just 44 in 16.4 overs. Ethan Rice doing the damage there with his six for 23 in an opening spell. Eaton Sokin had no problems chasing down the low total, coasting home for an eight-wicket win in 15.2 overs, though they did get off to a bit of a nervy start when Christopher Budd was trapped in front by Matt Daniels on the first delivery of the chase. Elsewhere, Histon kept in touch with table-topping Eaton Sokin after a six-wicket win over March Town. The wickets were shared around as March were bowled out for 119, and the chase proved reasonably comfortable there as Alfie Dixon top-scored with a quick-fire 13 of just 14 balls. Stamford Town won again, this time away to Ramsey as they chased down 181 all-out with four wickets left in the shed. Ben Peck taking four for 24 in the first innings where Andre, Andrew Humes, 57, anchored the chase nicely. Cambridge St. Giles defended a reasonably low total of 157 for nine against St. Ives Town and Warboys, thanks mainly there to a half-century from Krishna Charit in the first innings and then a spell of four for 28 from Martin Higginbotham. Though St. Ives' Nick Kumpakal did what he could to chase down the total with an innings of 61 there. Uh, finally, Wiswich Town also chased a low total with relative ease, easing to a nine-wicket victory of their own after bowling out Cambridge 2s for just 88 in 37 overs. Tough going there. Sonish Kumar Patel with an outstanding 6 for 18 of his 10 overs in that one. So all of those results mean the league table stands as follows. Eaton Soken, like we said, are at the top, followed by Histon, who are 11 points back, and then there's a bit of a further gap there between Wiswich Town, followed by Stanford, Foxton, Ramsey, March, and then the bottom three are Cambridge St. Giles, Cambridge, and then St. Ives Town and Warboys make up the bottom pair. Moving on now to Division 2, Newmarket continued to add to their win total with a 57-run victory over Ufford Park. Saffron Walden seconds were also successful as they chased down Huntingdon Districts 156 for 9 with 5 wickets remaining. And although both sides did win, Newmarket now leapfrogged Saffron Walden into second spot with Blunham still sitting pretty at the top after a narrow two-wicket victory of their own over Kimbolton. Then in Division 3, Sawston and Baberman seconds continue to pull away at the top, coasting to a comprehensive 159-run win over South Hill Park, who were bowled out for just 97 in pursuit of 256 for 7. Eaton Soken seconds also saw off Burwell and exiting by 8 runs in a nail-biter there, while Wiswich Town seconds also just about came out on the right side of a close one. They beat Barrett Sports CC by just the one wicket. Cool. Couple of cracking games there in Division Three. Now we'll wrap up some other matches later on. We got Foxton in the National Village Cup, Triplo Ladies from the East Anglian Premier League to come. We'll also be chatting Cambridgeshire, hopefully with Wayne White later on as well. But we were going to do the quiz earlier, weren't we? But Elliot Kafferke from Ramsey has failed to show up, and Tim Atchison from Isom is still on the line. I think Tim, I think we've timed him out. I think he hasn't got his pads on quick enough. And uh, he's not going to make it, so I believe we'll uh, award you the win. Thank you very much. Congratulations. You haven't even had to lift a finger, apart from, well, actually, go on Zoom. But uh, you're through to I'd the... Like, I'd, like to say, <laughs> I'd like to say he's running scared, but he obviously, he obviously hasn't seen my cricket knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a bit of a, a treat for you, Tim. Nathan hasn't seen this week's quiz because I put it together this week. So do you fancy giving it a go anyway? Um, uh, well, I don't yes, know. I hear a yes there. Yes, I hear a yes. So, Nathan, if you would like to turn off the computer in front of you, then I can scroll up to the quiz on this document I've got here. And is it off? All off. Can't see a thing. Good, good. So, Nathan, you are through, though, Tim. Nathan's not going to take your place in the quarterfinals if he does, well, wipe the floor with you. But hopefully, hopefully <laughs> that won't be the case and uh, and you can continue to sell through to the, the quarterfinals. 
you understand the the, the format, Nathan. You're all good. Good. good you should do you've been on the show a few weeks i'll just clarify it for tim so the format is as follows tim you'll be competing against nathan in a best of five contest each question will have six possible answers the player going first takes a guess if they are right they get one point if they don't play passes across to your opponent if they get it wrong then play returns back to your opponent a bit like a, a tennis rally and to decide who is going first you will answer a separate question where the closest answer wins does that make sense tim yes Good, good. So, the first question is the toss, we like to call it. Cambridge and Oxford have played each other 176 times in the varsity, but how many times have the light blues come out on the winning side? How many times do you reckon Cambridge have been victorious over Oxford out of 176, Tim? 88. 88. Nathan, what are you going for? I'll go 90. 90. I can tell you the correct answer is, in fact, 61. So, unfortunately for Nathan, Tim grabs the the toss, so uh, he will answer the first question. Just to clarify the details, Cambridge have won it 61 times. Uh, It's been 58 times for Oxford, one and uh, 56 draws, and one match abandoned. That's a lot of draws. Yeah, it is a lot of draws, yeah. It dates back all the... Boy, it's a bloody old fixture, isn't it? So, anyway. yeah. Yeah, anyway, question one, Tim, you ready? I'm ready. England defeated Sri Lanka 2-0 in their ODI series after Sunday's final match was washed out. But who finished the series as the top wicket-taker? Was it Benura Fernando, David Willey, Dushmanta Chimera, Chris Wokes, Sam Curran or Tom Curran? What do you reckon, Tim? Uh, Sam Curran. You're going with Sam Curran? <clears throat> oh, unfortunately... That's not right. So play, pass over to Nathan. Nathan, what do you reckon? It was Dave Willey, wasn't it? You are correct. Yep, David Willey's the answer. Nine wickets for David Willey, six for Chris Wokes in second. Sam Curran picked up five, Tom Curran four, Chimera three and Fernando one. So one nil to Nathan and play passes over to Nathan. Nathan, which overseas star scored an unbeaten 174 not out in a county championship match on Monday? Was it Devon Conway, Hashim Amler, Colin de Grandhomme, Peter Milan, Cameron Bancroft or Marcus Harris? Oh, I've no idea. Let's go Conway. You going with Devon Conway? <coughs> Tim, a chance to get it to one or What do you reckon? Was it Colin? It certainly was, yeah. For his new team, Hampshire, as well, 174 not out. Cracking knock it was. So it's 1-1, and play passes back over to Tim. You ready, Tim? I am in. Which team has accrued the most points so far in this year's Charlotte Edwards Cup? Is it the South East Stars, the Sunrisers, the Northern Diamonds, Western Storm, the Lightning, or the Southern Vipers? Two groups of... T20, who's got the most points so far? I'm going to go Northern. You're going to go with the Northern Diamonds? <coughs> Nathan, chance well, for you. Oh, well, I was chatting to Emma, who's Emma Jones of the South East Stars, and I know they've won a couple, so I'll go with the Stars. <coughs> oh, back over to Tim. Ooh, Vipers. you going with the Southern Vipers? 2-1 Tim. 2-1 Tim. Nathan, the fourth question. South Africa clinched their T20 series against West Indies 3-2 after winning the decider on Saturday, but who top-scored for the Proteas in the match? Was it Temba Bavuma, Quinton de Kock, Aidan Markram, David Miller, 
Rassi van der Dusen or Wian Mulder? Would you recognise him? I think it was Markram, wasn't it? It's very good, very good. It's two all. Now this is where the toss becomes important because Tim has a chance to steal it with the last question. Are you ready, Tim? I am. The deciding question then. Which of these local clubs is currently highest placed in the Cams and Hunts Premier Leagues? Is it Girton? Now, this is all their first teams, I should add, by the way. Girton, Camborne, Olesians, Coton, Great Shelford or Seville Park? What do you reckon, Tim? Oh, I've got no idea. Come on, I Tim. I am going to go Great Shelford. You gave him a Great Shelford? <clears throat> it's wrong. Nathan? I should know this, because this is the question we keep talking about every week, That yeah. we could, but we never get to question five. True. But I've obviously not been paying attention to the answer. Uh, I'll guess Girton. Are you guessing Girton? <clears throat> Back over to you, Tim. Old Lesians. Old Lesians. Is it right? It is. <laughs> Congratulations, Tim. I mean, you won by default, but you're through anyway. How do you feel? But it's the highlight of, of, of this hour. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is some accolade. That is, that is harsh. Only the hour. Yeah, much. you could have said the day at least. <laughs> at least you know give I mean? us the yeah. day. Come on. What else? What have you done today yeah, that is more entertaining exactly. than that? That's a good point. Yeah. Come on, Tim. We need an answer. Well, I didn't hear. Sorry, I can't. I, I can only hear you. Oh, sorry. I said Nathan said, "What have you done today?" Which is actually more, 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 more worthwhile than what you've just done in the last ten minutes. <laughs> Uh, well, now you put me on the spot. Um, clearly, clearly nothing. Come on. Absolutely nothing. There you go. The <laughs> highlight of your day. Tim, thanks so much for your go. time. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Tim Atchison, the head of Isom Cricket Club. He is uh, <laughs> he is through to the quarterfinals of the FTP Quiz Cup by default, but it sort of feels a bit better now, doesn't it? Because he sort of won anyway. Not good for you, though. No. Well, yeah, I think with my knowledge of... Uh, the local leagues let me down a bit yeah. there at the end. Well, I should, and again, I, I am the one who goes through all the leagues every week to you write are. the script. So right, really, yeah. I should probably know, yeah, pay more right. attention to yeah. to things like that. Who's top yeah. of what table? But anyway, Nathan does our notes on the the local game each week to uh, to boost his knowledge. Clearly, clearly hasn't been boosted enough. Anyway, we'll continue with the uh, with the local rap talking about Fox and Triplo and Cambridgeshire uh, just after this. Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. So, Foxton captain Alex Hooley labelled Sunday's victory in the National Village Cup last 16 as a great day for the club after they defeated Crowhurst Park by seven wickets. Now, Crowhurst Park are top of the fourth tier of cricket in Sussex and they batted first, posted 120 for nine off 40 and Alex Hooley's men chased it down in just over 32 overs, losing just the three wickets as well, and the skipper himself was there at the end to see them over the line, finishing on unbeaten 64. It's an amazing achievement for all the players who uh, you know, travelled all the way down to, 
deepest, darkest Sussex on uh, on Sunday, and and it really was darkest. I don't think the game finished until past eight o'clock uh, with all the rain breaks, but it was it was a, it was a really great effort for the gut from the guys. So we brought a um, a coach load of supporters as well who stuck it out till the end, and um, yeah, really really great day for the club and, and sets us up nicely for a home quarter final that we can then really look forward to. On the scorecard, it looks pretty comfy. A win by seven wickets, similar to some of your performances throughout the competition, but away from home, finishing eight o'clock and pretty damp. You were telling me off air it was a bit of a different story. Yeah, I think it's um, it's one of those competitions where, you know, because it's knockout cricket, you need all the small margins to go right for you on the day. And they were sky high in terms of confidence. They were 12 wins on the bounce. They'd beaten everyone in their league pretty convincingly. And that, I think they really expected us to, to 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 roll us over. Yeah, as you just alluded to, it was it was really wet when we got to the ground. Kind of talk as to whether the game should have even gone ahead, and um, a lot of games didn't go ahead. I, I believe in in the competition, but we decided to to get on with it. Uh, we had a break in play, and you know we bowled first, and basically two huge moments gave us a footing in the game. Um, Adam Webster took an amazing one-handed catch at slip. Um, you know the likes of which you, you know you would um, be impressed to see in a in a, in a test match, uh, and then and then Ravi Mahendra takes a diving catch on the boundary, and and that gets rid of their two best players, and we get them for a low scores, and if they go on and 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 score 160, it could have been a completely different game. So you know we bowled really tightly, we filled it well, we took our chances, and and then with the bat, it, you know with these low totals, it's it's a, it's just a case of not panicking and at least one person just taking responsibility and you know obviously it was myself this week but um you know hopefully we get or go all the way there'll be opportunities for other batsmen to do the same in the in the quarterfinals and semis um if if it's not me so um it was a really satisfying win and we we didn't actually start our batting innings until gone six o'clock because there was another big rain delay and Again, like if it was a league match, we would just never have completed it. But obviously, everyone who'd travelled down was desperate to get it done. Um, and um, all's well that ends well, I guess it's, it's the same for that. Yep, certainly is. And the ending for you, hopefully, will be a Lord's final. But you are through to the quarterfinals, a stage you haven't got past since you reached the final back in 2015. Therefore, there are a few sort of nerves jangling around ahead of the fixture in 12 days' time. Yeah, uh, we, we actually did get to the quarters a few years ago, actually, against Reed uh, and lost. And, and they were an exceptional side for this competition. And, you know, we pushed them close on the day. I think we're a different team to, to what we were back then, with all due respect to that team. We've got more options bowling-wise, which is huge. Our batters are two or three years more experienced. And then we've got a couple of younger lads who are very, very keen great fielders like you know absolutely love the atmosphere around the club so you know I really do think that on this occasion I think we can learn from that and really put in a massive performance it's tough cricket at this stage of the competition you're in the last eight teams in the entire country these guys have won five or six matches to get to this stage so you have to play your best game but I trust in in our team to to deliver that so they've got their quarterfinal in what, what 12 days' time and we're not yet sure who they're going to play in that quarterfinal because there are still games to be played in the National Village Cup. 
Moving on to women's cricket, and this Sunday, Triplo travel to Denby to take on Renfort Cricket Club in the Club Plate T20 National Semi Final. A win would see them face either Mildenhall or Grand Pound Road Cricket Club in the final, which is on the 1st of August. And on the weekend just gone, they got their women's EPL campaign underway in some style, defeating Melton St Audrey's by 10 wickets, chasing 79. Izzy Routledge reached her 50 in the process as well. And I caught up with captain Lara Neild after the match, and she said it couldn't really have gone much better. We didn't expect the result to be quite like that, but it's the perfect start for us. And a win by 10 wickets can't get much better, really, on the opening day. I think they were short for a few players due to a, an under-15 match for a cup or something like that. But we had quite a strong side out, so it was good from our point of view to make a statement first game up. But we're certainly not taking too much from that to you know, suggest what the league standard's going to be like this year. Presumably, though, because you've only just started your campaign, whereas other sides have had a, a few games already, it was nice to, to get that win on the board so you're not playing catch-up even more. Yeah, definitely. I think it's nice for us not to be at the bottom of the table anymore. So um, I know I've been looking at the table for the last few weeks going, I really can't wait for us to get started so we don't sit 7,007. But um, yeah, it's great to start moving up the table and start getting the wins on the board. And great to see us scoring runs, taking wickets and just rushing off cobwebs from last season. Yeah, exactly. But this weekend, you take a break from the EAPL and league action because you're in the national semi-finals of the Club T20 plate and you take on Renforp. Given you were in the Midlands regional group, you're pretty used to travelling up and down the country in this T20 plate. We had a few. We had a match in Gloucester and the match the round beforehand was in Barkswell, which is between Coventry and Birmingham. So we're used to travelling a bit, but yeah, it's been nice. I mean, these road trips, as I say, are very exciting for everybody and it's great to just play different opposition that we don't play against normally and playing at different grounds. Do you have to sort of stretch off when you get off the team bus then or out the car when you arrive at the ground? Yeah, we do add an extra half an hour to the, the warm-up just to make sure everyone's not stiff from the journey. Um, obviously, you don't want any injuries from sitting in a car for too long. From my point of view, the club stuff, we tend to play quite a local area. But it's, as I say, great to have these different away legs and to play different teams. We play an awful lot of teams from Suffolk and Norfolk particularly, so it's nice to branch away from East Anglia and just play some different people. But a chance to get to a, a national final, which must be a, a fantastic incentive really for you in this match, because not only representing East Anglia, like you just said, in the East Anglian Premier League, but also being the only Cambridgeshire side in the APL, you can really put a marker down to what women's teams can achieve in the area by getting to this final? Yeah, definitely. I think it'd be a great thing for us to get there. I know we've got hopefully quite a strong side out on Sunday, so we're hoping for the best, obviously. I know the game in the finals in Kibworth and Leicester, which is an absolutely beautiful ground. Um, from my point of view, personally, I'd love us to get there because it'd just be great to play at that ground. But it'll be a really good, as you say, great exposure for the, the region and for our team particularly to say that you can have these teams from Isanga getting to very high positions in different ECB competitions um, and it'd just be really exciting to get there as I say it's a, a big day out and just something we don't get to do a lot. Yeah what were your final words be to your teammates before you head out onto the pitch on Sunday? Just to enjoy it and give it a good go I mean unlike the EAPL where we really care about the results of the matches because obviously we want to be competitive this is a complete one-off game and actually you know if you win it, it's amazing. If you lose it, you know, it's not a, a league position that's going or something like that. It's a complete luxury to be part of. So it will just be to enjoy it and to have a great time on the day, enjoy the atmosphere, enjoy 
playing on the different ground against an opposition that we don't know and just to give it your best shot really so that's Triplo against Renforth this Sunday and we're talking Cambridgeshire with Wayne White next Cambridge 105 Radio. From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. Welcome back to your local cricket show here on Cambridge 105 Radio. We're now joined by Cambridge's Wayne White. Wayne, thanks for coming on the show, mate. How you doing? Not too bad, thanks, mate. Yourself? Uh, just dodging a few thunderstorms down in Surrey, <laughs> so we're uh, not too bad. Good to hear. It's uh, it's just started chucking it down here as well, so nice to know summer's arrived across the UK. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Sunday, though, because you had a fantastic win. Your fourth win out of four in the NCCA 50-ever trophy Group 3 match against Norfolk, a 96-run win at uh, Peterborough, so a fantastic win. You've clinched top spot. You're through to the quarterfinals. It's a home quarterfinal as well. And to top it all off, if it couldn't get any better, you managed to get a, a nice 101 knot out as well. So it was a pretty good day. Yeah, good day for us, really. We've had, we've had four uh, really strong performances, really, and, and one from, from different situations. So it, it all looks really good. Pretty settled team. And, uh, and we're finding, finding a way to win. So uh, it's, it's really good. And luckily, I've not got, we've not got a seven or eight-hour drive to Cumbria for an away fixture. So we, <laughs> we've done the hard work. So hopefully that... Uh, allows us a little bit of uh, a later start on that Sunday morning. Wayne, so Ollie there mentioned you, you're 101 not out. Uh, you guided the team up to 262. You must have felt pretty good out there with the bat. Yeah, I think um, it's, it's been a bit of a slow start, I think, um, for myself. Obviously, I kicked one first ball against Lincolnshire the week before, and I think a few of the guys are looking at me like probably need to start uh, pulling my weight. So, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a slow start, but I think pretty much um, an old-school, traditional innings of it got easier as it went along and um, we managed to get what I think was probably an above par score so it was nice to spend some time out there and um, put us in a position where if we bowled and uh, bowled and fielded well we'd, we'd get the win What do you reckon has been the, the key to the, the form this season in, in the side as a whole Wayne because the NCCA T20s were cancelled but you had lots of friendlies I think you had five friendlies did that really help get you prepared and, and ready for this comp? Um, I didn't play in any of the friendlies, so, uh, <laughs> so I think for the other guys, hopefully, I think um, I think the main thing is everyone's kind of stood up at a different point. I, I'd imagine the top six or seven, somebody every game has, has pulled out an innings or, or done something, especially with the ball as well. So people have done things at the right time. I wouldn't say we've been anywhere near probably 100% yet. I know in a couple of games we've bowled and fielded really well, but probably not been at 100% with the bat. So that's... That's a little bit left in the locker that hopefully we can bring it out towards the back end of the competition, really. And you said earlier you didn't have a big away day coming up, but instead you've got you've got a quarter-final coming up against Cheshire at Exning. What are your thoughts ahead of that? Uh, yeah, we, obviously we played there and won there this year. We've, the guys who are local having a good idea about that wicket. Obviously, I, I think a lot of the games this season, because a lot of the guys are playing in a similar league, is, is you know the opposition players quite well individually. I think, obviously, playing for Cheshire for a couple of years, obviously know a lot of the faces up there. So hopefully, I can I can add a bit on each player. And like I say, I think I think travelling seven hours on a Saturday night is not not the best way to prepare. So I think you know we've, we've probably been rewarded for that for having four wins. And I think we've um, yeah, it should like I say, we should be ready to go, and uh, it should be a good game. Uh, not sure whether you'll be aware, Wayne, but I'm sure the lads would have probably let you know. But it's been a while since Cams have uh, managed to get their hands on a trophy. They've picked up the Eastern Division a couple of times over the last 10 years, of course, the Red Bull competition. But their last trophy was in the 50-over comp back in 2003. So 
I'm sure there's plenty of people in and around Cambridgeshire cricket who'd be desperate to to go all the way and uh, and pick up a trophy. Do you feel you've you've got it in you as a side to do that? Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I I really do feel like obviously I'm pretty new to the side, but we've got a lot of bases covered. Spin, you know, I think in terms of our seam attack, it's probably one of the one of the better attacks in terms of we've got a bit of pace. Um, obviously, the spin we field well, we bat well. So uh, obviously. I'll, I think in terms of looking at Cambridge from the outside a few years ago, I think it's it's almost getting some some pride in in playing for Cambridge again. I, I do feel like the boys who are in there are saying that you know we're moving in the right direction and we want people in and around Cambridge to want to go and play for Cambridge, represent them, and um, and yeah, I think I, I definitely feel with within the four games we've we've built up a pretty strong relationship. Um, everyone gets along really well. So I think if we if we're there or thereabouts in terms of performance, we've got every chance because, like I say, we've we've won from four quite different situations every game. Some days we've got off to a fly with the bat and and kind of and then not quite made the most of it. Other games we've had slow starts, but all in all, we've when the game has been on the balance, we've we've won the key moments. And I think as you get towards the back end of the tournament, I think that that's gonna, only going to hold us in good stead because even on Saturday when there were fifty odd. For none after ten, as it looked like we we're going to have a thunderstorm, we'd have, we'd have lost the, the game, and we managed to to pull it back. So we, we've got people who are putting their hands up, and I think that bodes really well. And what about your own personal cricket? When you're not with Cambridgeshire, where are you playing these days? Uh, I'm not uh, playing in in the Surrey League at the minute. I've got quite a, a heavy coaching role at a, a lovely club called Horsley and Send down near Guildford, where we've got. 400 members so it's, it's pretty much a, a 24-7 job at the minute the <laughs> cricket down here is really competitive you know to have 350 juniors running around and trying to manage a lot of you know um, you know really ambitious players and, and parents it's, it's been quite full on so I've, I've enjoyed um, you know stepping out for Cambridge and being able to put the emails away and, and just play and um, so yeah it's it's been a stop-start season I think with everyone with the weather but you know, luckily when we've played for Cambridge, the weather's been good, and we've played on some really, really good wickets. Peterborough on Saturday was was amazing. Um, so yeah, we've been very lucky with the four days, and it's um, no, it's, it's a breath of fresh air really stepping out. The guys that easy to get along with, and and they all know their games pretty well. So hopefully with Guesty, he's got his own ideas on the captaincy. I can just give him a few ideas, and but he's a, a man of his own own decisions, and he's and he's doing really well with it. Well, we've got about four minutes left, so we're going to crack on with your big question this week. You messaged it to me earlier on today, and it was that is timed cricket where there is possibility of a draw result outdated and leading to lower participation. What are your thoughts on it? Well, as a guy who's played in a few different divisions, it's always the, you know, with the minor counties joined up on a Sunday, it's like one team will be like, they're bad for a draw from the start of the game. And I think... As a guy who actually prefers the longer format, I do feel like when I started, there was a group of players in around the 20 to 30 age group who would play. But I think this, the, the batting out for the draw and the, and the time game it may have had its time a little bit on a Saturday because ultimately you want to develop players who can win from anywhere. And I think some of the mindsets of, of blocking a draw out for 55 overs from the outset doesn't allow players to develop and, and find a way to win a game from nowhere because they're the best games to win when you're 20 for 5 and you manage to knock off 250. I think mm. 
we've got to kind of develop players. You know, if you want to develop players for Cambridge, say that you know when we're in trouble, it's not like where do I go from here? Because on, on a Saturday I'd probably block it, but now I need six and over, and we're four down. So I think, yeah, I think it has gone a little bit. I'm I'm a bit old school. I do like red ball cricket. I like three day cricket. But I think on a Saturday, you know, people are giving up. You know, you get there at half nine in the morning. You're not back till nine o'clock. And I know the missus will be chomping at a bit to get you home by six or seven. And you know, from four o'clock, somebody a team set out and I'm just blocking it and, and killing the game. I think, you know, I think I, I do feel a lot of people will walk away from the game due to that reason. I know, you know, people are on the other side of the fence and they say, well, it's proper cricket and all that. Mm. But yeah, I think, I think that the mentality of players coming into the game is is to go and play and, and win a game of cricket, not not get beat in a game. Yeah, uh, I do. I do realise there'll be people on the other side of the fence who were like, no, 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 this, you know, we still like a traditional style, but I think it might be getting slightly outdated. Yeah, I guess you've got to always, haven't you? You've always got to think what is what is the best for the future of the game. I guess as as players and people who love the game, we've also got to be custodians and make sure that the game is is being continually played over the next decade, two decades, etc. And uh, it's it's a great question, really, and and it just come down to formats again. We've often spoke on this show about whether even even at the cricket we play in in some of the camps and hunts leagues around 40 overs, whether that is too long, because it's still a long day for people to give up on, or 45, 50 overs, still a long day for people to, to, to give up uh, their whole day and, and play cricket. Nathan, have you ever played timed cricket where you've had to ban out for a draw? Well, yeah, but very rarely, which means my, my view of it would be the, the rare chance I get to play some timed cricket. Mm. It's quite a nice little nice little <laughs> change and a nice privilege of being able to just, you know, just bat all day and enjoy it and not worry necessarily about scoreboard pressure. But I appreciate if you're doing that week in, week out, which some of the, obviously, which the EAPL guys are in some yeah. cases, uh, the men, it gets a bit different. So I can certainly see how it would get a bit tedious, yeah. But I'm curious as to what the solution is then if, if we do think people are dropping off, you know, what do we do? Do we just simply mm. play less timed cricket? Is that the answer? Just, just quickly, Wayne. In about thirty seconds, if you could, do you think there's a danger that it could have a sort of damaging effects on the Test game if you if you stop playing the time format and the Red Bull game at this level? If you could, in about thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think obviously, as a kid, you you grow up and you want to play Test match cricket and, and stuff like that. So there, I think there is a time and place, and I know a lot of leagues are playing a lot of half and half cricket where it is. You know, you still want to play with a red ball. Uh, I'd definitely say going away from using red ball, still white clothing, red ball cricket, but maybe just, you know, incentivize the chance of getting close to a score rather than we're just not bowled out. So you get mm. within 20, you get within 40 to make sure that that game doesn't die at four o'clock because by half past seven, no one wants to stay around and have a drink yeah. after the game, which for me is where I learned most of my cricket is by end of the game but by the time half seven comes and you've blocked out for three hours everyone's a bit fed up with each other and, <laughs> and, you, and you all go your separate ways I think Wayne we're not fed up with you but we are going to have to leave it there I'm afraid thanks so much for coming on <laughs> cheers mate thanks a lot speak to you soon <laughs> yeah, that's what we've got time for on this week's From the Pavilion thanks to Wayne White former Lanx Derbyshire and Leicestershire cricketer for coming on also now, of course, with Cambridgeshire. Best of luck to the light blues, the Cambridge boys ahead of the varsity, which gets underway tomorrow, which is Wednesday. All the best to them. We'll be back same time, same place next week, Tuesday at 6 o'clock here on Cambridge 105 Radio. Thank you very much for listening. Until next week, stay safe and well. Bye-bye. Cambridge 105 Radio.